Welcome to the podcast, What Do You Think, God?, where you're encouraged to build intimacy with God by asking Him questions. Hi, my name is Patty, and I'll be challenging the way you think. Today we'll ask the question, what does true love look like? I propose that true love looks like God. Scripture not only shows us how God loves, it says God is love, 1 John 4, 8. Love is not a facet of his personality. It's his entire essence. Patience, kindness, compassion, etc. do not exist on their own. They sprout up from the same root or source for everything, true love. Many of us have experienced the feeling of love and are always on the lookout for the one who will make us feel wanted, treasured, and on top of the world. Hollywood has taught us that this is one of the most desirable pursuits in life, to have this heady feeling and move progressively toward physical union. But isn't a feeling, no matter how strong, a shaky foundation on which to build a love relationship? Your feeling tells you that you're valuable to another person and will remain valuable, but then your loved one makes a selfish choice that harms you and you begin to question whether he or she really loves you at all. You're starting from the premise that you have value and rights that cannot be violated, but your partner also has value and rights that cannot be violated. So what happens when those rights come in conflict and you both want different things? If you both aren't willing to yield your rights or one is always yielding and the other taking, someone is going to be perceived as selfish and that wonderful feeling of love is going to fade. You have begun with an elevated sense of self or have acquired an elevated sense of self as a result of being sought after a precarious place to be in. Is it wise to place all your expectations and hopes on a human being? Humans aren't God. We have limitations, imitating what we think is love. It's God who teaches us true love by demonstration. Which one of you would give up your life for your partner if he or she was in danger? What if you just found out that your loved one cheated on you with multiple partners and has told you that he or she wants to shack up with one of them? Now what do you think? Are you still willing to give up your life for your partner even though you know he or she doesn't love you? What man cannot do, God already did in the atonement. What if you're the cheat? You know you don't deserve anything. You know you have no right to expect love from anyone. You are unlovable, undesirable, mean, and ugly. Yet God wants to share a love relationship with you. He picks you up out of the gutter and calls you beautiful. What if he washes you, dresses you in the finest clothes, and presents you with gifts every day of your life without demanding that you act in a certain way? Instead, he patiently teaches you how to act in a way that he knows will lead to your greatest joy. What if God didn't force you to love him, but was constantly blessing you 
and he realized that he had planned to bless you way before you were born. Ephesians 1.3 What if he took nothing from you and only gave and gave and gave? Could you resist a lover who always built you up and never tore you down? Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? If you're a Christian and you don't see your God as your true lover, you will. Just focus on what Jesus did for you until you get it. Don't try to elevate yourself to become worthy of God's love. Remember who you were before you met him. You never deserved to be loved, but God always loved you and planned your rescue from destruction. Meditate on these things and you'll become filled with knowledge and deep contentment that you are lovable as you are because God said so and Christ cleared all barriers away when he sacrificed his life for you. You won't need to insist on your own rights because he has already given you all things as your inheritance. The Lord's love for you will never fail because it is everlasting. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Do you believe that the Father loves his Son Jesus? Jesus tells us in John 17.23 that the Father loves you in the same way. So if love is not a feeling, what is it? Love is an action. Perhaps you're waiting for God to straighten up the mess of your life, and then you'll believe he loves you. He already proved his love for you in one sacrificial act. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, 1 John 3.16. Jesus himself said, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. John fifteen thirteen, And you weren't even his friend. You were his enemy because of your wicked works, and he pursued you in that wicked state in order to make you his friend. Colossians 1, 21. The neat thing about God is that he treats everyone the same. There aren't degrees of wickedness where there's a line which, when crossed, brings down the hammer of judgment. Jesus shouldered the punishment and wrath of God for even the wickedest person. The hammer of judgment fell upon God's Son. You need to understand that Jesus knew he was going to suffer an excruciating death and chose to out of love for you. You were guilty, powerless, shamed, and so important to him that he wanted to elevate you far above your loser identity. Do you really think it pleases God when you put yourself down, deliberately attempting to act humble? Wouldn't he be happier if you acknowledged your new identity that Jesus paid for on the cross? Show your faith in Christ by letting him lift you up. You're no threat to God. He is secure in his own identity and wants to share his identity with you. Here are just a few things that have meant a lot to me in my love relationship with God. The list is by no means comprehensive. We are precious to him. James 1.18 says, 
He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. He has shown us that we have worth to him because the worth of something is determined by how much a person is willing to pay for it. Jesus gave his life to purchase us, his prized possession. We have been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. Our God celebrates us. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Zephaniah 3.17 He listens attentively when we speak to him. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Psalm 116.1-2 He considers our input and is willing to change his mind in response to what we say. The story of Hezekiah is found in Isaiah 38, 1-2 and 5 and proves that God is willing to work with us. Hezekiah became deathly ill and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Then the Lord spoke again to Isaiah and said, Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add fifteen years to your life. He helps us. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He protects us from harm, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 He makes us fearless. Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. 1 John 4.18 He makes promises to us and keeps them. Psalm 145.13 speaks about God saying, For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. He speaks about himself. I have said what I would do, and I will do it. Isaiah 46, 11. And he will never lie to us because he is incapable of doing so. In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Titus 1, 2. He treats us fairly and has no favorites. Matthew twenty two sixteen says, They sent some of their disciples along with the supporters of Herod to meet with Jesus. Teacher, they said, We know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and don't play favorites. 
We can say much more than this, but not today. Just think of what you need from your human relationship and explore how God supplies that need for you. Your success rate in your human love relationship depends on whether you take the time to get rooted and grounded in your love relationship with God. When you're confident that your God loves you in every way possible, you won't be relying on a fallible human being to provide things for you that they're incapable of providing 100% of the time. You won't be needy anymore because your needs will have already been met. You'll be able to love humans as they are, as they present themselves to you, not as you wish they were. Episode 18, the final episode in this season, will ask the question, why is promise important? Until then, thanks for listening. If you're being helped at all, please consider writing a review and spreading the news. Thank you. I want to credit and thank Audio Resute for the music clips taken from the song Nova on the album Born for Freedom. If you'd like to hear more of Audio Resute's creative works, go to freemusicarchive.org slash music slash audio resute slash D-I-S-C-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. You spell Audio Resute A-U-D-I-O-R-E-Z-O-U-T. Thanks for listening. <laughs>